This is Real Love Now, a ministry outreach of Pastor Don Allen in the Church at War Hill. As with every aspect of our ministry, the purpose of this broadcast is to lead people into a growing relationship with Jesus Christ to help you get real with God, fall in love with Him and His children, and discover your destiny now. Here's the message from Pastor Don Allen. Father, before I bring this word today, I thank you for what you've already done in this altar. Come on, let's give God some gratitude and say thank you, Lord. Thank you. Yes, Lord. And Lord, now I believe that you want this word spoken over these, your people. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ, speak to us today. Amen. And I tell you to open your Bibles to the book of Psalms. I'm taking you to the book of songs, in a sense. Psalms being a, a spiritual Song. I have to wonder if we understand the significance of Psalms 114. Here's the problem. I think that most of us, if we had a song written about our life, uh, uh, we might not be too happy with what that song sounded like. How many of you are convinced that if somebody wrote a song about your life, it, it'd be a, 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 a country song? Anybody? Come on. Amen. How many of you think it might be one of those things where it's all screamo because everything's out of control, all right? Uh, or, or, you know, I remember my grandmother, she wanted to sing songs and teach us lessons through songs. And she would, she would gather with us on the swing and she would always sing these songs about these, these, like one was about this little girl who wandered off and then her life was ended. And she's like, now you make sure you stay close to home. Or she'd sing another song about uh, BJ the DJ who was driving far too fast. She said, you're going to start driving. You better not go fast. I've got some friends that needed to hear that song growing up. Come on, amen. But she was trying to teach us things through songs. I think every song that we hear and every song that we sing, like that song this morning, which was not planned as a part of this service, uh, in tension with this message, but uh, God has trying to get us to learn something through the power of the song. I think some of you are singing the wrong song. Let me say that again. Some of you are singing the wrong song. And God's got a better song for you to sing. Psalms 114 is, is a passage that is misunderstood in the church. Psalms 114, uh, let's read and then I'll explain to you what I mean. It says this, When Israel came out of Egypt, Jacob from a people of a foreign tongue, Judah, who? Judah became God's sanctuary. It says there, something happened that caused God to dwell in Judah. Now, this is important. In our older days in the church, before we had the collective histories of the world available at their fingertips on the Internet, we would have preached this message very much like this. Now, Judah is always symbolic of what in Scripture? Praise. Help me again. Judah is symbolic of what? Praise. So we would have always preached this, that God inhabits the praises of his people, which is Scripture. But unfortunately, that is out of context for this passage. And you will not understand context until you understand subtext. You see, Israel, his dominion, but Judah, where he dwelt. Now notice verse number three. The sea looked and fled. The Jordan turned back. The sea moved and the Jordan turned back. The mountains leaped like rams and the hills like lambs. Why was it? That you fled. 
Why did you move? Now listen to me very carefully. I think that this is one of the answers that God's come to give somebody today. You've been asking, why will God do this for others and not do it for me? Here we go. Why, Jordan, did you turn back? Why did the mount, why mountains did you leap like rams and you hills like lambs? Tremble earth at the presence of the Lord. My goodness. I told you I'm already fired up. But at the presence of the God of Jacob, who turned the rock into a pool and the hard rock into springs of water. Again, in the past, we would have preached that, we would have shouted, we would have preached that it was the story here in Psalms 114 of how God brought his people out, and we would have used Judah as a statement. It would have been from the best intentions, but it would have been in a wrong context. It would not have been the original intention of the passage. And the original intention of the passage here cannot be found uh, in uh, just a brief overview of the Scripture. Now, this is important. One of the secrets to studying the Word of God, and this is what I'm about to say to you, is to learn to find, ready for this, the subtext. If you can't find the subtext, then you're going to miss some of the great truths. Jesus always, the Bible says, spoke to them in parables and stories using illustrations and said this statement to them, those who have ears, let them hear. He was saying, if you're going to get the depth of what I'm trying to say to you, you're going to have to stop having a peripheral, uh, uh, just just uh, image of uh, of what's happening in the spiritual realm, and you're going to have to focus. You're going to have to dissect this thing. You're going to have to figure this out. And so we find that the truth lies not in, in, in this, this general reading, but it lies in understanding the subtext. And the subtext, by definition, is this. It is the literal meaning of the words on the page and their hidden meaning. What exists, notice this, between the lines. Now let me say this. I believe that our lives most often are forged between the lines. The reality is not the post that we filter. The reality is not the facade that we paint on when we go into public. The reality is what is found in our home life when those who know us best know how to read between the lines of what we're doing and what we're showing the world and who we really are. And so when we learn to study scripture, we're going to have to ask God for it to reveal itself to us to learn to read between the lines so we can know what it really means. In order to understand that Psalms 114 is not a, if you just look at it from a bird's eye view, it looks like a history of the people of Israel leaving Egypt. But that is not why Psalms 114 was written. Psalms 114 was written particularly about a man's life. In order to find this understanding about this man's life, we have to go to 1 Chronicles chapter 2, verse number 10. You want to keep your finger in 114 if you're turning. But uh, in 1 Chronicles chapter 2, verse number 10 says this. Now notice this. And Ram begat Abinadab. Woo! Well, I feel it already. You know what's shouting with me? <laughs> here's the name I want you to get. Abinadab begat, here's the name, Nashad. This is important. He begat Nashon, who was the prince of the children of Judah. Now, that's an interesting thing. The name that I want you to notice there is Nashon. 
But he was the prince of the children of Judah. Now, a prince represents a, a, a son of a what? King. Help me again. It's not, a, it's not, not, you're not going to fail it. But a son of a what? King. A king. The prince represents the line of royalty. Now, this is important for a lot of reasons, but you have to begin to understand that royalty begets royalty. That anointing gives birth to anointing. That freedom will cause a heritage of freedom. That breakthrough will cause breakout. Now stay with me. This is important. Why then do we note that Nashon was the prince of Judah? I'm going to get there in just a moment, but I told you that royalty begets royalty. And we have to understand that Nashon was, according to 1 Chronicles chapter 2 there, we find that Nashon is the prince of the children of Judah, and he is also, who was the first king? He's not the son of the king, but he's the, who was the first king of Israel? Saul. Say that with me, Saul. Saul. Saul failed and the line was then shifted to a royal line that was based in royalty from the life of one before by the name of Nashon. Nashon, who was the great, great, great grandfather of a man by the name of David. Notice this, that what Nashon did gave room in his lineage. Oh, I feel the Holy Spirit. Gave room in his lineage for something to begin to shift. Can I tell you, some of you are reaping the harvest of wrath of years past when people have done wrong. But God's looking for somebody who will begin to step into what God's called you to walk in so that the generations to come can have an anointing and a breakthrough and a royalty to come into their lives. Pastor Don, I don't know that I understand where you're going with this. I'm slow, but I'm worth waiting on. Stay with me just a moment. This is important. Now, Nashon is only found in these rare places in the Scripture. A brief mention here, one place that says he's the prince of Judah. Another place that says he's the captain of Judah. Another place that said he's the head of the army of Judah. And there was even one place that he was given the distinct honor of being not in order of genealogy, but in order of, of, of authority that something had happened in the Sean's life that when they brought the initial sacrifice, he got to go first. I don't know who you are, but you felt like you've been last your whole life. And I've come this morning to try to give you a key that moves you from the back of the line to the front of the line. That moves you from where you were to who God's called you to be. Now you've got to begin to understand what we're seeing here. When I began talking about this, Christina said to me, she said, where did you find that? I said, well, in the rabbinical teachings. She said, I want to see it. Not that she was questioning me, she was wanting to learn. So I shared with her the rabbinical teachings that tell the story of Nashon. They're not scripture, but you see the first five books of the Bible are written from Moses' perspective. But the rabbis were keeping a history of the nation of Israel, and they told it of many heroes, with Moses being the leader, but many heroes in this time frame. This is so important. Psalms 114 was written not about the the exodus of the people of God, but it was written about the exploit of a man by the name of Nashon. Interesting. So I had to go study this. I had to begin to search it out. And here's what the rabbi's history tells us 
concerning the history of Nashon. That the children of Israel have left Egypt. Nashon is the leader of the people of Judah. You would have the reader of Naphtali, you would have the reader of Asher, the leader of Asher, you would have had the, the leader of Manasseh and Ephraim and, and, and all of these different ones, you would have had these different leaders, but that, that Judah's leader was the name was Nashan. And as they come to the place of camping, they have now backed themselves against the Red Sea, and as they back themselves against the Red Sea, they have now reached the place to where they have awakened and they can see the dust cloud rising of the tribes of the nation of Egypt coming against the tribes of Israel. The nation of Egypt is barreling down on them with a bloodthirst for to avenge the death of the firstborn of Egypt. They have no intention of enslaving them again. They intent, uh, their intention is to annihilate the people of God from the face of the earth. Now listen to me. I just felt this leap into my spirit. Some of you, the devil thought he was going to take you out, but what you're about to get a hold of is going to bring you out. This is important. You see, the whole purpose of why they're against the Red Sea was God told them he was going to move them. Notice what I'm about to say. I'm going to move you forward toward the promised land. I'm going to move you forward. Say that with you. I'm going to move you what? Where? Forward toward the promised land. But here's the problem. What happens when you wake up and you've got a Red Sea behind you and you've got an enemy barreling down on you and rocky desert all around you and there's nowhere to run and there looks like there's nowhere forward. But when there looks like there's nowhere forward, what do you do? God tells the people, what are you supposed to do? Go forward. Where is forward? There's a place called a promised land. There's a place called the land that flows with milk and honey. God told them it's that direction. That's why they are where they are. They're headed toward what God has called them to live in. Man, I feel this. But all of a sudden, it seems like there's no way to go forward. And what does God tell them to do? Go what? Forward. So the people begin to scatter. The people begin to get afraid. The people begin to shake. The people begin to worry. Moses goes up on a rock and says, God, what do you want me to do here? But there's this guy by the name of Nashon. And according to the rabbi's history, that Nashon was the leader of the people of Judah. And God would pick Judah on this day. There was a day that God would pick the Levites as his own. But this day, he, this is where God said, in Judah, I will dwell. And what happens is this. As everybody else starts to panic, Nashon starts walking. Anybody want to know which direction he started walking? Forward. And what was forward? The water. It's time to get wet. Nashon starts walking. I'd love to tell you that the moment that he hit the water, the water parted. But it didn't. 
According to the rabbis, he kept watching. And with every step, Nishan started walking forward. And as he kept watching, walking forward, excuse me, he started walking and the people of Judah started watching. And courage began to arise in the people of Judah because Nishan was walking forward. Oh, you're not with me yet. Nishan was walking forward. And as he's walking forward, he gets all the way out to about waist deep. And I'd love to tell you that God moved in waist deep because that just looked cool. Come on now. Amen. But he keeps walking. Where is Nishan going? Forward. What did God tell him to do? To go forward. Well, that doesn't make sense. It's going to kill him. But it doesn't matter if it kills him. You know what? When Daniel said, I'm going to keep praying, he kept moving forward, even if it meant a lion's den. When Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego said, don't play the music again. We'll go in the fire if necessary. We're going forward for the kingdom of heaven. Nashan walks all the way. See, listen to me. Some of you going, I'd like somebody to write a song about me. Well, I can tell you how to get a song written about you. Turn it from a country song of somebody done me wrong and turn it around to a song of victory and start walking toward Jesus. Keep moving toward Jesus. It got neck deep. It got chin deep. It went all the way, history tells us, to his nostrils. Why? Because in case you don't get it, here I can still make it on my own. Here I can still get myself out of this, but here, here I realize something. If I keep moving, it might cost me everything, but all I know is God told me to move forward. Because about the time that he gets out there and Moses looks over his shoulder and the shine's in the water and the people of Judah have walked up to the edge of the water and they're about to follow their leader into the water. Moses gets a word from the Lord and says, stop panicking. Stop running around in fear. Stop. Stand and see the salvation of the Lord. Watch this. And the Bible says that God said, lift up your hands. Heard a powerful message on that Wednesday night. Lift up your hands. And when he got his hands in the air, I'd love to tell you that the wind just went and the whole thing parted. But that's not what history tells us. History tells us that with every step of Nashan, the water started parting. Oh, you're not with me yet. With every step of Nashan, the water's parting. Why? Because Moses, who was figurative of the deliverer who was to come, was back there with his hands up. And back there with his hands up, with, my goodness, he's holding the rod in the air over the water with his hands up. And as he's holding the rod in the air with his hands up, every time that the man believed what God told him to do, Moses was back there covering him in the spirit realm. And as he was walking forward, God was parting the water around him. Can I tell you that if Nashad wasn't walking, I don't think the water would have moved like it moved. But because he was walking, God delivered an entire people. Why? Because there was a man with his hands up covering him spiritually. 
Oh, pastor, would you be the man? No, I can't be the man. But the man on the middle cross has already put his hands up and he's already covered us spiritually and he's got us covered and he tells us, move forward, keep going, you're going to make it, keep growing, keep it coming until God delivers you, amen. I'm trying to behave. Some of you go, you stopped behaving 20 minutes ago. I'd love to take credit for this quote, but I can't. I don't even know who did it, but here goes. If you want to see God make a sidewalk through the sea, you can't stay on the, on the shore. Some of you back there going, I just want to follow you, God. Do you know how you want to follow God? About like, about like you're going to decide where to go to lunch after church. <laughs> I'll never forget one time in my life. I had this major decision. I said, God, what do you want me to do? What do you want me to do? I mean, God's told me always, this is what you do. This is what you do. I said, God, what do you, I mean, I sought God for like months. What do you want me to do? And I kept hearing the same thing. Whatever you want to do. I said, no, Lord, I need you to tell me what to do. He said, whatever you want to do. And I said, but Lord, I'm used to you saying right or left. Give me a sign. In the Bible, these rocks would light up on the breastplate of the priest. Uh, give me a sign, right or left, which way you want me to go. And he said, your heart is right. Whatever you want to do, as long as your heart's right, you just keep walking, and I'll cover whatever you make up your mind with. And I'm like, but Lord, I need you to tell me. See, some of you are going to get in the car like this today. You're going to go, what you want to eat? You go, well, I don't know. <laughs> well, you decide. Well... I mean, I really want you to be happy with it. I mean, how hungry are you? I just I told you I don't care. I thought every man in the room would be saying amen right now. You said, well, I want Mexican food. No, I had that yesterday. I thought you didn't care. Come on. Well, what do you want? I don't know. Let's just go home then. Sounds good to me. We got anything? No. Well, where are we going then? <laughs> See, so, so you go, what's that got to do with what you've been preaching about? Some of you, God's trying to move you forward. And he's like, what do you want to do? And you, you're like, he's like, you're like, I don't care. What do you want to do with me? And he says, how about a side of victory? And you went, no, I tried that already. How about a little holiness? Oh, no, no, no. I don't have a taste for that today. Last time I went there, it was bitter. I'm preaching truth to you. But Nishan said, where? Forward? That's where I'm going. See, some of you are so determined to get victory and get deliverance and get healing, you don't realize that God didn't tell you to, to seek after healing. He didn't tell you to seek after victory, and he didn't tell you to seek after freedom. He told you to seek after Jesus Christ and begin to follow in the footsteps of the master. And you're going, I just don't know which way to go. I don't know what I need to have. I don't know. And God said, I'll tell you which way you need to go. Find the way that follows Jesus and start moving forward in the way that follows Jesus, and victory will come to your house. Amen. All right, let me close with this today. I'm halfway through this introduction. <laughs> See, most of us spend our lives waiting for God to split the Red Sea. Maybe, just maybe, God is waiting for you to get your feet wet. Maybe, just maybe, God is waiting for you to wade into the water. Here's what I know for sure. 
that if we want God to do the super, we're going to have to do the natural. Somebody say, preach that again. Oh, say it like you mean it. I felt like we need to hear that again. Here's what I know for sure. If we want God to do the super, then we need to start doing the natural. Because it's when his super meets our natural that we step into the super natural. You see, sometimes you got to take the risk. Yeah, I might burn. Yeah, those lions might eat me. But they might sing songs about me. And they might talk of God's glory, how he delivered me. Because I kept moving forward for God. Some of you have faced caverns so deep. Stand with me today. I feel the Holy Spirit, what I'm about to say to you. You have faced wells so dark. But you're still moving forward for the kingdom of heaven. And God's already done some mighty things in this, in this altar today. The, the reality is this. You have to make the defining decision. You have to take the leap of faith to start moving forward. What happened when Nashan started moving? Other people approached the water. Other people started walking because he started moving. I want you to listen to what I'm about to say. Today, this altar area is forward. It's what? It's forward. This is the water. This is the place. I don't care how long it takes me to stay. I don't care what, what has to occur. If you're ready to move forward, as they're singing this song, I want to pray for you. I know many of you have already prayed, but as you were praying, it came to me. What you needed to hear was this word. So now you have the word to match up with your faith. You keep moving forward no matter what you're facing. And so today as they sing, I'll be down here waiting for you to pray with you. If you want to move forward with Jesus. today's word from Pastor Don Allen to help you get real with God, fall in love with Him all over again, and live out your destiny now. To learn more about our pastor and the ministry of the church at Warhill, join us online at warhill.com. Then join us in worship at one of our North Georgia locations. Service times are Sundays at 8.15, 9.30, and 11 a.m., where you will find Real Love Now.